Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. We're starting the show today with good news. That's right. Good news, guys. Kyler Murray has been activated. Will you be firing up Kyler Murray in your lineups this week? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. And in fact, there are quite a few players eligible to come back from the IR this week. We don't know that they all will, but I feel like there's hope on the horizon. Of course, there were some nasty injuries again this week. Sorry, Eddie. We'll talk about Daniel Jones as well. Um, But let me just check in with you. How are your fantasy teams doing? This is the first time all season that all my teams lost in the same week. So um, I'm not not too upset. Um, The one league, I'm going to be totally fine. I'm still in first place, far and away. My roster is great. It's a good time for me. Again, a lot of guys back. Guys are done with their buys. Guys coming off the the injury list. So um, I'm just geared up for the playoffs. I'm just trying to maintain, maintain the rest of the way. Um, but you you brought up Kyler Murray, and in that league, I am gonna I am gonna start him. I am gonna I'm gonna give him a go. Wow! Uh, I'm almost scared because I don't know, uh, and I'm sure you've seen the same the same people and all in this industry. Everyone's like, get Kyler, start Kyler. And I'm like, oh, now it's leaning the other way, where it's like when the public's too much on somebody, yes. I'm like, uh, I'm getting a little afraid of it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm a little nervous too. I have a league where I have Justin Fields and Kyler Murray both potentially coming back this mm-hmm. week. And I mean, I've seen Justin Fields play more recently, though he would be playing in the limited situation. And then Kyler right. Murray, it's been a long time since we've seen him play, but the upside is of course exciting, but we've never seen him play in this offensive position. And then I have Russell Wilson. Same. Yeah. I think I'm going to start Russell Wilson. I think um, I'm going to just, just punt and take like that. Look, I know Russ is, he's probably going to give me double digits. I think there's only one week this year that he hasn't. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I'm going to do, but I will probably vacillate on this a few more times, especially based on public opinion. And I'll probably get swayed and then I'll have to, but Denver Buffalo, it's been an okay matchup actually for quarterbacks, but then I have to wait till Monday night and it's on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Oh, what do I do? I feel Mm -hmm. like I can't put it on Justin Fields Thursday though. Right. That's just. Yeah, I mean that's oh man, that's a what a gross Thursday game. Uh, I guess we'll give our, our props and picks out for that later. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's a weird one. He's coming back from a thumb injury. The thing is, and we we've talked about this plenty of times before. It's like we well we know Russ's floor, and you're right. Like he only had really one miserable week. I believe that was the the first game versus the Chiefs. Um, but he's given you a pretty good floor. But there's just something enticing about the the ceiling potential of a, of a Kyler Murray, especially versus a very strange Falcons team where it's like, if, to me, that just, it just feels right. Like that's a game. Nice where way to I, put it. Yeah. There's not no, no big, there's not a lot of pressure on him, obviously, but he can come back and, and get right. I, I guess I kind of do like the fact that he's not being a, a weirdo and like, I'm going to sit out. Like he wants to play. I, I think it's a good thing. Cardinals are kind of surprising. James Conner may come back. So uh, I'm going for that, that boom potential could be a bust, but I'm going for that boom potential with him right. over the safe floor of uh, of a Russ Wilson. Okay. I like it. I think a lot of times when you make these decisions for those of you at home, it has to do with, you know, you don't want to like completely rely on the projections, Mm -hmm. but if it looks like you're projected to kind of lose, then you take the home run shot. You take the high ceiling play. You don't take the solid floor play. Like what if you had uh, Brock Purdy and Kyler Murray, they both had excellent matchups this week. Yeah. Who would you play? I I mean, 
I, so fantastic point. I'm just going to say this too, because I'm in first place and the team I'm playing is not nearly as good. I can afford to not like, you don't want to mess up fantasy matchups and lose, but I feel like a lot of those listeners and people out that have this decision, it's like, if you're struggling or fighting for a playoff spot and you're on a stay in the hunt, I would probably go with the safe bet. I would probably go with the guy. Like I would go with the Russell Wilson. I would go with the, uh, with the Brock Purdy, like you brought up because at least, you know, you're going to get X amount. I think the, like the volatileness of, of Kyler Murray coming back and he hasn't played for a very long time. There's a really good chance this blows up in my face and everyone else that's playing with him. Uh, we've kind of seen that to an extent with the Deshaun Watson situation, not the same exact thing, but it's a similar thing. We were away from the field for a while. Like, you know, who knows what's going to be like plus new coach for Kyler. We all know about that. He does not like to watch film at all or study up. That's a concern. But I feel like if you have the ability to kind of just see what what could come from it, I would say go with it. If I was, you know, filing for fifth or sixth place, I'm probably starting the Purdy's and the Russell Wilson's of the world. Interesting. Yeah, if you're maybe fighting for fifth or sixth, I can see that. For me, just I'm probably taking the bigger home run shot because mm-hmm. I think I want more of the hot ceiling. I'm like, look, I'm already losing, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to go for it and possibly get in with points. Sure. Maybe I get a buy with points. I don't know. But, you know, it's your own game theory, how you feel like you want to play. Now, speaking of how you think you want to play and fantasy leagues, and there was a video this week from the minus three podcast where we had a little bit of a a fantasy football, you know, debate. It looks like Sheck got himself into another mess. It seems like with his teammates, Um, but maybe he didn't. And I feel like as the extra points, fantasy football expert, I should be able to weigh in on this. hundred percent. So Eddie, why don't you go ahead and lay the groundwork a little bit for those out there listening. This involves a trade. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three players for three players. And um, Bill Simmons is also in this league. I should qualify it. Eddie, just give us the the outline for those who are listening. Sure. So everyone's kind of aware of this very famous uh, fantasy league with, you know, the, the Kimmel league that has Bill Simmons and and cousin Sal and John Hamm and Kevin Hench. Um, Dave Damashek, obviously. So Sheck's in it and uh, a very nice man by the name of Paul Cohorse, aka the Dutch Mook, and a bunch of other guys. You probably everyone's probably heard their names thrown out on uh, various shows and pods and whatever. So, uh, and this is the same league that Sal on, on the Manning cast has talked about, uh, or was brought up on when Kimmel was on and John Hamm was also on and brought up the same thing. I actually, brought up Dave by name because he kicked him out. So it's got a lot of publicity. Um, so the scenario is that. Paul, the Dutch Mook, needed to win this game to stay in the hunt. He made a trade with Dave that probably where Paul gave up the better players, but he had to give up those players to get players that were not in a buy or injured to win this week. He did that. He won the game, had a you know huge amount of numbers from those three players. I believe the trade was um, giving up Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and Ayuk uh, for Brian Robinson, Michael Pittman, and uh, it was Rashad White. So, so let's he, be clear. Mook gave up. Gibbs, Monty, Montgomery, and Ayuk. Yep, and then he gave Dave, them to Dave. Yes, and then Dave gave up uh, B. Rob Pittman and uh, and uh, Rashad White. So, so Mooke got B. Rob Pittman and Rashad White. Yes, all they, of whom went off last week. Exactly. By the way, if you listen to Extra Points podcast, you probably suspected that and knew that those were good players to trade for. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, we 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 called them out uh, last week. So then Sheck got the what quote unquote the better players, um, and now Mook won the game. He stays alive in his league, and uh, Bill Simmons, who's part of the league, uh, you know everyone knows uh, Sporty Simmons. He was not a fan of this move and basically cited that teams that are 
out of contention or you know below 500 fighting for a playoff spot if they're too far out uh shouldn't be able to make trades and everyone finds that absurd especially because he won the matchup and stays alive and also if two parties accept the trade it shouldn't be a thing where you you could veto that and it should never come up midseason this is exactly what i said on minus three yesterday when we had on john ham who came on who was also on the side of damashek and on uh, the dutch moog as well as kevin henge so i said basically you cannot install rules midseason and if the two parties agree you should let it happen worst case scenario there's a league vote um but again he won the he won his matchup and stayed alive so i don't think there's anything wrong with that so that was my take on it and that's pretty much the situation and uh dave obviously wanted to know jen what your thoughts were on this whole mess because uh so Simmons was not questions. happy were either of these teams mathematically eliminated already mathematically nope. did they have a little x by their name no one was so nobody's out of contention because that's right. Have you never watched fantasy football? Have you never lost Justin Justin Jefferson or Christian McCaffrey and your whole season went downhill, even if you were in first place? Okay. Exactly. So number one. Number two, both teams won their week, correct? Yes. So it was a perfect trade. Yes. It was a perfect trade. Both teams got exactly what they wanted. No one was taken advantage of. And no one, and honestly, I mean, I do think that Dave got the better end of this, but also Jamar Gibbs and David Montgomery. Answer they're out. They cancel each other out. Yeah. Or if you're starting both of them, then you're dividing the points. Exactly. Right? So I, I don't see this. And meanwhile, actually, Mook with Brian Robinson, he's the clear leader of the backfield. Michael Pittman uh, may get even better the longer that Minshew is there. Mm-hmm. And and also the, the run game creates enough of a threat for Michael Pittman. And Josh Downs is kind of injured right now. So that's more for Michael Pittman. Yes, Dave, good on you for taking Ayuk. Great fantasy playoff schedule. We're going to talk more and more about that. And then um, Rashad White is getting better. And it, mm-hmm. th- I assume this is a PPR league. So, no, he may not be the best runner, but he catches a lot of footballs. So um, there is no problem with this. There is nothing about this. This sounds more like um, somebody throwing a hissy fit because they're scared. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, I'm not as a commissioner of a league and a, a long standing league of almost 15 years. Uh, anything you're going to change or any any suggestions have to come pre-draft. And uh, and you can't start, start asking stuff. From but even what changed. was he under 500? Mook was under 500. I, just, I think so. I think so. In the He's trade under, was made. Yes. He basically so he needed this week. Nobody's going to play in your alive. league. Let me tell you this. Nobody's going to play in your league. If you say if you're under 500 at the week nine mark, you can't make any trades because what, what fun is that for them? They only get nine weeks to play. They don't have any chance to still come from behind when mathematically they still have a chance. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do this in a real football too? You can't do that. Right. You just fine, but no one's going to play in your league. Yep. And I, and I said to install a trade deadline so that it just, it's a clear cut yes. when you, you can make moves. Everybody up to has X a trade deadline and guess what? It hasn't passed already. Exactly. Totally right. And, so, and, and like you said too, you fantasy football is so unpredictable where the number one team could lose a guy or two and they could drop five straight games. And the team that's in the bottom of the barrel could all of a sudden get a guy in the waiver wire. Who's awesome for five, six straight weeks and win all those games. And then your positions flip. So it's, it's too early to call. I'm uh, not a fan of trying to change rules mid season and attack guy for making a trade that he agreed to so that's where uh, i definitely don't see where where simmons is coming from here so i am on team Sheck. yeah go Sheck. yeah um i'm trying to beat Sheck right now in our dynasty in a dynasty league we're playing in and uh i think i think i'm ahead of him my first question about this of course was like is this a keeper league because in a keeper league of course you can trade all season long yeah, but yeah. it's obviously redraft league yeah it's the exactly. only reason why i could think i mean like all of this Honestly, it just 
this feels very Arthur Smith. He feels, I mean, it's kind of like just crazy, like just nonsense. Sorry, Bill. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange move. Uh, don't, like, I, I think we're all adults here. If you agree to a trade, it is what it is. Like, let it go. It's it's not, there's no collusion. There's nothing, there's no backdoor deals. Uh, I think it's just a guy that needed to win, was desperate to win for a week. He went all in to win this week. He did win that's this how week. I want- stayed alive and that's it. So that's another thing that I also want people in my league to play like that because that actually creates less problems later. Like mm-hmm. you want everyone to play. You don't want people to just stop playing because then what happens is there's tons of players on the waiver wire and et cetera, et cetera. You want everyone to play to the end. That's what makes it the most fair. So even those teams that are four and five or whatever, four and three, they need to still be playing so that the waiver wire is also more fair. Yeah, I I think this is uh, it's pretty lot from all the feedback. I mean, you know, we we're in agreement here. Like I said, Hench is in agreement. John Ham, uh, Hollywood's John Ham came on in agreement with them too. So uh, it seems like uh, you know the sports guy is kind of by himself on this one. Sorry about it. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up, Omaha Full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia, 1 800 Gambler.net, New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so more breaking news. Carson Wentz has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. So there will be a backup for Matt Stafford. And personally, I like this news. I know there's people are falling on you know opposite sides of this. I like it. Uh, obviously, uh, what happened last week is not good for your fantasy weapons. At least Carson Wentz has a big arm and should be able to keep it competent with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua if he needs to play. Now, I think the main panic people have about it is they think this means something terrible for Matt Stafford. Okay. It may or may not, but I would much rather have Carson Wentz in that situation. Because look, I don't care if he throws some interceptions, more garbage time for Cooper Cup. Um, I'm thinking more about my weapons, not about Carson Wentz. And I'm sorry if you had Matt Stafford, but probably you didn't. And if you did, he was only your QB too. Yeah, uh, once you, we kind of saw that it's not a like a devastating like long term thing for Matt Stafford. That was my next. Then, then to me, it was more like they were just so the Rams were so unenthused by by the play of Brett Rippon, you know, playing a struggling Packers team. Jordan Love definitely is struggling to get blown out in that fashion. Not any your, your other weapons are still there. Uh, I think they're just looking at it like as an insurance policy. If Stafford is out, they are getting Kyron Williams back soon. But you know, Carson Wentz is a guy. I know he struggled recently. He's kind of been the butt of jokes, but he was in, if not the favorite to win the, the MVP the year that he tore his knee. And then obviously that's the Nick Foles win the Super Bowl year. So things probably couldn't have ended any worse uh, for Carson Wentz in that year outside of, you know, obviously getting a Super Bowl ring, but uh, he has the ability to understand an offense and be competent in an offense. And you have to uh, appreciate his veteran presence. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if he somehow does start for the Rams, you're probably much happier than it is with a Brett Rippon. But uh, I think, you know, we should be focused on Stafford going forward. Yeah, I think it probably will be Stafford going forward, but I mm-hmm. like the idea that they got insurance for my fan, for my Cooper cup, mm-hmm. for my Puka Nakua's, yes, for my Kyron Williams, for all of those reasons. So I think uh, I- I'm happy about it. And also, do you not remember that Carson Wentz, the beginning of last season, again, he was in a kind of a crummy system, right? I'm not so yes. sure Ron Rivera is the guy. Um, he was like a major waiver wire ad for like the first month. He was putting up amazing numbers and yeah. his weapons were too. So, I, he has the talent. I, I think it's been just a bad case of luck. Like you said, Ron Rivera, who's probably going to get fired soon, and uh, the lack of talent maybe around him. And I just think that he's just, uh, you know, I, I, you, I would feel more confident. I think, look, Carson Wentz is a guy that, like, the Jets should have went after weeks ago when, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers thing happened. Like, the team should have looked at him. I don't know why teams, like, rather keep – I know I know why. I don't they, know why. They, rather, they keep their backups because the backups are part of this. They know the system. They've been there at the practices. But I think there's – obviously, there's a reason why he went so high in the draft when he was drafted from a small school. So I, I just think that, yeah, it's it's a much better insurance policy to have a Carson Wentz than a, than a Brett Rippon. So uh, I think it's a good job of the Rams to kind of shore that up. But uh, I don't think we'll be seeing much of him. Now, speaking of fantasy weapons, uh, we now know that Daniel Jones is out for the season. Darren Waller, of course, out indefinitely. There's not a lot left 
in New York. Do you think they just tank and draft a quarterback? Do you think Daniel Jones has lost his job? I do. I think this is uh, weirdly the best case scenario for all parties involved. I think if Daniel Jones came back from this neck injury and was just playing, you know, mediocre just because of the lack of talent around him, like missing his top target in Darren Waller, who just went on the IR and then, you know, the O-line struggles and whatever um, outside of really Saquon has been playing pretty fantastically. We you know, all things considered, but it's the best thing that could have happened. And, and which is a weird thing to say when someone tears an ACL, but if they would have been in, had stuck at a bad, you know, crossroads where, you know, they're paying him a ton of money. Um, although compared to the rest of quarterbacks, it's not that much, but then it's like, what do we do here? We're going to be in the conversation for a top five pick. Do we move on from him? And I think now with his knee injury, it's like, well, look, we're forced into having to get another quarterback. Cause obviously Tyrod Taylor is not going to be the answer and he's injured too. So too. Uh, I think, I think what's going to happen is Dale Jones, they'll, they'll move on from him and they'll, they will take a quarterback in the, you know, the, the upper part of the draft, whether that's going to be a Caleb Williams or a Drake may hopefully the top two guys. So I think the giants will move on. Uh, a lot of people now like to say them winning this, the uh, playoff game last year is probably a bad thing because they should have done a, a full blown rebuild. My only pushback is the Giants do have talented pieces, uh, you know, on offense and on defense. So I think they're in a weird kind of limbo. But I think this knee injury probably, you know, solidifies that we've seen the last of Daniel Jones in a Giants uniform because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to bring him back to sit on the bench making the money that he's making with a brand new rookie who's a top five pick. It just it's not going to help anyone involved. So I think what's going to have to happen is move on from Tyrod, get another backup that can stay healthy and not make bone, bonehead decisions and the, draft the quarterback and kind of start fresh because we've seen this NFL that's how you kind of extend your 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 contract. The Brian Dayball and Joe Shane could stay around now because they attach themselves to a new quarterback. So I think we'll see a new kind of uh, Giants team moving forward next year um, in a in a rebuild scenario. And it stinks for Allen Jones. Uh, I I was always a fan of his, but he just again talk about quarterbacks with bad luck. Whether it's the rotation of coaches, new systems, uh, people you know players coming in or now. Oh, I mean the O line means just so consistently bad since he was drafted. He just never had an easy go. Really outside of last year when he was still missing like every healthy receiver. So um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see much fantasy production from the giants going forward with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback outside of Saquon Barkley, who somehow against the odds is still productive when everyone knows they're only running the football um, pretty bad times in New York. But here is where we cue the replay of the breakout video. When I asked you, should we stream defenses versus the giants? And the answer remains yes. So, of course, of course. Streamers, there you go. I uh, you you mentioned uh, winning a winning a playoff, winning games, and then affecting draft picks and all that. And I think that right now, everyone in Houston, Texas, needs to write a thank you letter to Lovey Smith for winning that game at the end of the season that cost them the earlier draft pick, so that they had to take the mentally inferior. C.J. Stroud, the guy who couldn't pass his test. He has no intelligence. This kid, we are driving the C.J. Stroud hype bus. We started this way back, weeks ago. I love him. I love him. I love him. Even if you're not a Texans fan, if you watch that game, you will become one. They are literally using Dari Ogunwale, their running back, to kick field goals to win this game. They are 
on another level, 470 yards, five passing touchdowns. Our boy Tank Dell went off. Didn't matter that he's undersized. I don't care. Dalton Schultz was a beast for me in my oh, yeah. high stakes league. It has been phenomenal. Do I think every game is going to be like that? No, of course not. Just the previous week before, they struggled versus the Panthers. But there is just so much potential here, and it's just so exciting to see. This is the thing that makes football exciting. Between C.J. Stroud and Joshua Dobbs on Sunday, it was just like feel-good central. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we're we're kind of at this weird... Um you know, state of the NFL where we, we broke the record for most amount of rookie quarterbacks starting at nine this season already. We're, we're just entering week 10 here. So you could say like quarterback play has not been really uh, great. And then seeing a guy that comes in with this kind of Buckeye curse against them and like, oh, they, you know, how do you uh, not, you know, stay in the race to, to, uh, to get Bryce Young and they go and they, they get the number two guy, like, you know, not the one from Alabama coached by Nick Saban. And then he comes in and it's like, and I don't want to, you know, poo poo on the, on the, the talent they have on the Texans here but I look at it it's like outside of Dalton Schultz who I thought was a pretty good um uh, above average tight end and I think it was a really nice signing and Damian Pierce went healthy could be a good running back but like I think the Tank Dells and the Nico Collins of the world like CJ Stroud kind of making them and it's incredible to say to see a rookie come in the on the scene this quickly and be this good uh almost more impressive than a Brock Purdy because I I mean there's just a lack of talent around him he's making everyone better uh in a shootout versus the Bucks and like you said it won't be every game where it's thrown for 470 and five touchdowns but I think CJ Stroud is going to be entering a territory where he just makes everyone around him better a la like a Patrick Mahomes where he covers up your flaws and I'm not going to be shocked going forward if he's a guy you could just kind of pencil in for like that two three touchdown pass mark going forward for the rest of his career I'm I'm super impressed with him um it's you know people are going to want to go to Houston to play with mistakes. him does not he make mistakes and then had one all season and bring talking about mistakes which is why he looks so much better is the fact that Bryce Young threw two pick sixes the number one overall pick through two pick sixes and the same week and the same day that CJ Stroud's looking so superb and um you gotta if you're a Houston fan not only is your coach or former player who was great for your team but he, you have all this great young talent um that just looks a lot better because of how yeah. good CJ Stroud he's just so far ahead of where he's supposed to be um and he broke that Buckeye curse and the number two pick sometimes pays off like you don't have to always worry about number one because another guy the guy that falls in your lap may be the better uh the better quarterback and he's been awesome so that was just a great bright spot and then you brought up Josh Dobbs too who's bounced around been on like five teams since since like the end of last season and this guy doesn't even know his offensive lineman's names. They don't know his cadence. Kevin Stefanski is like kind of uh, de designing plays like in, in his ear as he's going in the game uh, after the injury um, to, to Jaron Hall. And then, you know, and then he pulls off that, that miraculous victory. So this guy, you know, injected life into Arizona. who We thought we were going to be God awful. And they actually were fantasy relevant. And now he's making the, the Vikings who were still in a playoff position with some great fantasy pieces. As we talked about the last few weeks, they're still going to be relevant now. So, uh, um, you know, a really nice bright spot for the quarterback position and, and a year where it's really struggled. Yeah, and a lot of credit to that coaching staff in Texas, too. I think one of the things that set the tone was taking C.J. Stroud at number two and then still trading up to get Will Anderson. They just I'm, let everybody know. They let C.J. Stroud know you are our first choice. They gave him that confidence by taking him there mm -hmm. and then still went and got their guy. It was very bold and it seems to be working out very Phenomenal well. They're draft. absolutely in, in playoff contention. Now you mentioned, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, obviously they got shredded yeah. by the Texans 
Well, here's some more good news, guys, because I'm tired of these negative podcasts. I'm like, oh no, we lost this person, this person. More good news. Will Levis, officially the starting quarterback in Tennessee. I don't know about you, Eddie, but even though it didn't translate to a lot of fantasy points on Thursday, I was still really impressed. I know he threw a pick at the end, but he looked really poised. He just looks like he belongs in the NFL. He has a lot of promise. I know DeAndre Hopkins didn't have as big of a game as we wanted, but he did exceed the receiving yards prop as we expected him to. And this week he gets that Tampa Bay defense, the mm-hmm. same one that CJ Shroud just ripped up. So I'm excited. I'm excited for DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins now is someone that you're glad if you held on to him or if you traded for. And I think that Levis becomes potentially someone that could replace Daniel Jones as your second quarterback. Cause now we're really digging now guys. Like we're, yeah. we're struggling for these yeah. super flex leagues, which is kind of why I'm like not the hugest fan of super flex leagues, but that's another episode altogether. I want to talk about T Higgins. Hey, he's awake. Yeah. Ben, this is for you. Remember when I told you I couldn't trade away T. Higgins? In fact, I would trade for him. This is why. He looks phenomenal. And now Jamar Chase may have back issues. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's fine. T. Higgins is fine. Um, it's probably too late for any of you to go out and trade for T. Higgins. I hope you did it when we recommended it a week or two ago because I have a feeling T. Higgins is going to be a league winner this year. Everything is kind of shaving up towards that, right? With especially, yeah. you know, the the Bengals overall are getting, um, you know, they're getting scary again. Joe Burrow looks like he's going to he's healthy again. Um, I mean, we all saw that Bills win coming a mile away because they've just owned in the past few seasons. And uh, now with Jamar Chase's injury and T Higgins finally having a great game and stepping up, you know, it's a tough thing in fantasy. We're like just talking about, you know, making trades to win a week. You have to sometimes be impatient then, to win yeah. a game and to stay in sometimes the hunt. You do. But you also don't want to sell too early on guys that are proven and guys that could, like you just said, become a league winner. And um, I think that, you know, the Bengals, I think right now they they you should feel pretty, pretty good if you're a Bengals fan. And if you have a bunch of Bengals on your fantasy roster, you got to feel really good about them too. And I I'm with you. I think T Higgins, I mean, I don't see another game the rest of the way where he's going to be totally shut out. I think he's going to have monster games the rest of the, like the rest of the season um, Burrow's feeling it. And, you know, it's one of those things now where you have the confidence where if chase, you know, can't play, you go, okay, sit a game. T Higgins has this. So, um, um, I'm, I'm with you completely. I think league winner and hopefully, you know, Ben did not trade him. I know a bunch of people had him or asking us questions, trade him away. It's like sometimes the patience pays off. And I think T Higgins is a great example of that. I do understand needing to trade to, to win weeks. I mean, that's what happened in the, the earlier conversation we had. I just, for some reason, T Higgins was one that I, I just felt like it was too rich. Um, but there's another receiver I want to talk about that I think people should go acquire right now because everybody's low on him. And it's Devonte Adams. I don't I, care. I don't care that he's put single digit. I want him. I want him on my team. I'm still starting him. He even has a really bad matchup this week versus the Jets. I don't care. I still want to go get Devonte Adams. The Raiders are going to get better. They cannot get worse. They are going to figure out how to get the ball to Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams is that good. Aiden O'Connell is going to be better. Mm-hmm. You saw the interaction from the locker room afterward. You saw how Devontae Adams seems like he's leading this team now. You know, I think it's important. And I think we're going to see a shift here. And between the energy shift in Las Vegas, the fact that O'Connell will have more experience, 
and the just raw, incredible talent of Devontae Adams. I want him on my team moving forward. Yep. I have, uh, I have Devontae on one of my teams and the, the real thing that it's a weird thing to say in, in connected to fantasy, but like you just mentioned that the locker room after seeing him celebrate and being happy again, when we had like how many consecutive weeks in a row of, of Adams going to the media, just being like, I don't know what yep. to do. I'm the best player. I, I, I want to help win the, all these different things. He, he never really did in green Bay. He was not that guy. And now he's smiling again. And uh, we felt bad for him that he was, you know, kind of stranded in Vegas about his guy, Derek Carr, who, who left from new Orleans. He stuck there with Jimmy G clearly Jimmy G dealing with injuries and just, and then the main thing was nobody ever really saw eye to eye or connected with Josh McDaniels as head coach. And Antonio Pierce just is a, obviously was a former player who, um, just it connects with the the current players in that roster and everyone, you know, kind of exhales again. We even saw like Hunter Renfro being involved in the offense, which he was not all year long. And the Giants, too, like, you know, they've had a couple of games in a row holding the Bills to 14 points and the, the Commanders to seven points and the Jets going to 13 points, which is not really saying much. But the Giants defense has played well. And the Raiders with uh, O'Connell came in there and just spanked them. And I, I think it's a great sign for uh, Devontae Adams. And maybe you have a, a rookie quarterback who knows the best path to victory is to get him the ball. And I think we'll be seeing that. So I'm with you there as well. Hopefully, fingers crossed, because I do have him on a team. What about Saquon Barkley? Would you train him away? Sell high. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time until defenses are like, we're going to just stack the ball. All they have to do is stop Saquon. It's yeah. it. He's the only, and then it's, it's, you know, Tommy DeVito and then they put Matt Barkley and then Jacob Eason in the practice squad, like uh, Tyra Taylor's on the IR. So he's, you, you have it's weeks until he could even come back. And it's not like they were, you know, lighting things up when Tyrod Taylor was in. So uh, yeah, Saquon, like, I mean, phenomenal couple weeks stretch without uh, having a real quarterback in there. But I think it's just a matter of time until defense is smart up and kind of stop things. I mean, they're playing the Cowboys this week. That's going to be a tough one. Um, I, I don't think Bill Belichick is going to let Saquon beat him. They have him. They have the Eagles twice. They have the Saints is a great defense. So there's a lot of games where I'm just like, yeah, I don't I don't think so. he'll have a bunch of games where like touchdown lists and I'll probably somehow collect in the 50 to 75 yard total total yard range. But I think if you can get a nice package from you, you can move them before the deadline. Yeah. We're going to be talking in the coming weeks about um, rest of season values and playoff values, but let's go quickly right now into the waiver wire and kind of run through players. You might want to target um, the number one player on the waiver wire that you're going to need to spend money on is probably Keaton Mitchell, but I kind of want to give my, uh, 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 I do think you need to spend money on Keaton Mitchell. If you look at the numbers, they're Devon Achan-like, right? But there's a few reasons that you should just be cautious about your expectations. Obviously, the first one is that he's probably still in a three-man backfield. I know Justice Hill looked like the, the low guy on the totem pole. That could remain the case, but there's still three guys there, and this is how the Ravens have always used their backfield. Gus Edwards is still the best. He has five touchdowns over the past two weeks. And then, of course, there's Lamar Jackson, who it, on any given week to take could take all your rushing yards and all your rushing touchdowns. Okay, not all of them. But so I just want everyone to be cautious about that with their expectations. It's not quite the same situation as when Devon Achan comes back, hopefully in week 11. We almost, Raheem Mostert's a little older, might slow down. Tua is not a mobile quarterback. Uh, that that still has a lot more upside to me. But if you need a running back, this is an option. Uh, undrafted free agent, you know, I'm not saying that that means he's not good. We saw James Robinson win, you know, weeks for us back in the day. But just, you know, 
it comes with a grain of salt. Yes, he's probably your top claim for the week, but you know, manage expectations. He might be awesome. I think he has the highest upside. Yeah, but and, he and, might not. And I'll I'll add. I mean, the one the the positive, I guess, of the Ravens is that I believe they have the second most rushing attempts per game. They're like over thirty three rushing attempts per game, which is a good thing. But then you mentioned there's like five runners on that team, which is different than right. most other squads. Um, and then the one thing too is like I don't know how many games we'll get of him like he just had because right. his size, his stature doesn't really le- allow him to do that. Like they're going to have to rotate him in because he'll probably be most effective with other guys spotting him. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. You got to probably manage expectations with him yes so he's probably the top claim but please manage expectations kyler murray available still in like 65 percent of the leagues he's obviously up there uh demario douglas probably the wide receiver one in new england seen 14 targets over the last couple weeks again mac jones is his quarterback so again temper expectations but now kendrick Bourne is out so douglas is the pivot there Michael Wilson, who we've talked about many times. I want to bring him up one more time, especially with Kyler Murray coming back. There's a lot of upside for this rookie. We've seen him have some really big games already this season. He's opposite Hollywood Brown. He was out last week with a shoulder injury, and then there were bye weeks. So people have probably dropped him. Last I checked, he was like 88% available. So you want a guy that might pick up, you know, rookies often pick up the second half of the season. This Mm -hmm. is kind of when you want to have those rookie wideouts. So both Demario Douglas and Michael Wilson fit that bill for me. So I really like both of those guys. Joshua Dobbs, obviously, he's going to be usable as your QB2. He finished this week as what the QB six, I believe. He was impressive. He didn't even know the playbook. I, I mean, I've never seen a game where a quarterback takes a safety and then like multiple turnovers and still finds a way to win. Um, couldn't have had could not have had a, a harder, a tougher Sunday than he did with not even like I mentioned before, not even knowing the teammates, the play calls. So I mean, going forward, I mean, they have plenty of talent there. Uh, I, he's definitely a, a great play, and, he, and he's an easy guy to root for too. Interesting fact as well. He has the third most rushing yards among quarterbacks this year, and his matchup this week is is good for his rushing yards prop. So keep an eye on that when it comes out. Uh, by the way, uh, these will also be published uh, at Sports Illustrated. These waiver claims of mine, as well as my player props, you can always check those there. Oh, and if you didn't listen to Trendy last week, so just to aside. I was on Trendy last week with Toby Merkel. You guys check out the show. It's super fun. Yeah, uh, A guest comes on each week and competes with Toby, the host, and we bid units on player props or games or whatever we want in certain categories. Uh, it's a really fun format. But anyway, uh, last week was awesome for me. I finished with 20.9 units. Um, however, I could not pick a game last week to save my life. I'm now in last place in the Extra Points podcast. So do not follow my game picks, please. Just my player props. I, I will defend you there. Um, uh, number one, you have the track record that you, you clearly finished either get near the 10 top. right or like yeah, zero. So right. I, I'm not worried there. And then I think I think literally almost every week. Well, I was like last most weeks, and now I found my way in the middle of the pack. Like I know Martin's had some tough weeks. He's been like it's gonna been a kind of like constant shift, like a rotation where it. it I'm not like God. everyone's pretty much in the mix. Uh, even like uh, Mark is getting it checks right in Mark's tails there. But yeah, keep uh, looking out on our uh, Instagram and our Twitter, obviously. <laughs> put out those, uh, the graphics, I believe we have another Germany game Sunday early. So graphic will be out Saturday, uh, you know, late, uh, Pacific time. 
Quentin Johnson is someone you should probably add, even though he didn't have much of a showing last night because Palmer is on the IR. Um, the Jets, it's hard to judge anyone versus the Jets. And this is another reason why it's such a shame that the Jets stuck with Zach Wilson because their defense is playing so well. Unreal. I understand there's O-line issues too. It's not all on Zach Wilson, but man. Um, Taysom Hill has been a top six tight end for four consecutive weeks. And again, it's not because he's really playing tight end. So it's because he's doing whatever they need. Sometimes he's throwing a pass. Sometimes he's receiving. Sometimes he's rushing. Who knows what he's going to do, but he's become, again, replay the breakout video from last season about Taysom Hill. I used him as a flex in my league last week. Smashed it. He's he's had eight or more touches and uh, scored 12 or more fantasy points in four straight games. So, I mean, it's, he's just, he is the, the gadget player that it fit. Like, I mean, if you plug him in, like you said, in a flex spot, he's going to perform uh, at least this past month. Will Levis and Derek Carr should both be rostered in two quarterback leagues. Derek Carr has the third easiest remaining schedule for quarterbacks, and he's been dropped by a lot of people because he had a really frustrating stretch. But I think with the in more involvement of Taysom Hill, the numbers have gotten better for Derek Carr. So whatever they're doing is working, and I think that's going to continue. So I like both of them, again, um, as flex plays. As second, as a second quarterback, mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm not saying these guys are. Yeah. And we, were, and we were talking about, you know, quarterback floor before. Do you want the Kyler boom? Do you want the Russell Wilson floor? He's in like that Russell Wilson right. kind of area. Um, although Russell's been a, a tick better, but you know, Derek Carr has been like the, that 16 to 18 fantasy point range. Uh, I believe his last like five games or so. So he's going to give you, he'll give you, you know, manage, manage expectations. You probably won't get the 30 point week, but you're going to be near the 20 range. So um, you can't ask for much more from Derek Carr. It's a, it's a pretty good consistent stretch. Noah Brown and Rashid Shahid are interesting. Noah Brown, as long as Robert Woods is out. Um, and then maybe after that too. But again, if you if you have some of our best players are on bye this week. You've got no Chiefs, you've got no Dolphins, like you're, you're without good players. So Rashid Shahid uh, at tight end, Cade Otten actually has the fifth easiest schedule for tight ends going forward. And he's seen 22 targets over the last two games. And not to mention the fact that if anything happens to Evans or Godwin, he automatically jumps up. So I like Cade Otten, um, Ty Chandler, maybe if you're in a super deep league, now that we know the Cam Akers is out, he's probably the handcuff for Madison. Devin Singletary looks to be taking over the draw from Damian Pierce. Again, I don't know how much they need that run game in Houston, but if you need a warm body, um, Ty J Spears, Ezekiel Elliott, Rico Daddle, Leonard Fournette, all deep leagues ads for just insurance. Odell Beckham Jr., again, deep league ad. Tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Johnny Smith, Juwan Johnson. Also ads um, if you need someone for depth. So that, that's the mo main waiver wire. Carson Wentz, if you're desperate, I put Gardner Minshew on my rosters before he was named before what happened to Anthony Richardson, just because I was like, wow, there's really nothing left in these super flex leagues. There's nothing. There's no one. I have to have someone. And Carson Wentz is like that Gardner Minshew kind of guy. As long as you're not picking up, uh, as long as no one is picking up Tommy DeVito at quarterback. No, I think don't, be okay. Right. See like that, you just flex a running back or a wide receiver and you're super flex. You don't yeah. like that's no, not worth it. By the way, you don't have to start a quarterback in your super flex. We should be really clear about that. A lot of these quarterbacks end up with like negative. Clayton Toon got you like a buck 50 last week. <laughs> Wasn't worth it. So you don't have to. Uh, let's briefly touch on the Thursday night game, take our listeners' questions, and then we will wrap up another super quick episode of Waiver Wired. Um, 
Thursday night football, uh, Panthers versus Bears. I don't know anybody who's really excited about this. Oh, Al Michaels <laughs> is going to be so upset calling this game. It's all I know. Bet on that. Right now, the Bears are favored by three and a half. I guess because they're at home. Yeah. I don't really see how either team looks great here. Fine. I, I'm not picking this game because why? We don't have many player props because we don't know if Justin Fields is starting or not. But right. as we mentioned earlier in the episode, if he is starting, I would expect a little bit more mobility from him in that he's going to be compromised with his throwing and maybe they'll just have to use what he does best. And I think that could be fun to see. If it's not Justin Fields, I mean, I don't know how this whole Tyson Bajan thing is. This is a nice little story. And I feel like, you know, some, like they, they clearly saw something in, yeah, I mean, coming from the XFL division too, all that, but I, I mean, they're so void of talent in Chicago. No. Um, right. He's not the long-term answer that that's a team no. going through a lot of it. Uh, a lot of the quarterback issues too. I mean, it, it's, you know, we have a duty because uh, not a lot of the shows are never, you know, could cover the Thursday night game. We have to do this. My advice to you don't watch, uh, but if you do watch, I'm going to side with the bears here and it's kind of hard not to, I'm assuming Fields plays um, and just it's hard to feel good about the Panthers with how bad Bryce Young plays. He's clearly, you know, he should have not been starting. It, it clearly there should have been a learning, a learning year under Andy Dalton. They don't have a ton of talent there, but it just would have you know probably suited him better to sit in the bench for a couple extra weeks. Uh, if you want a player prop, I would say wait until the bear stuff comes up. And I would say look at anything with Cole Komet, whether that's uh, over receiving yards or receptions. But uh, the only ones that are really uh, available to us right now are the the, the Panthers one. My thought process is this, Jen, you could tell me I'm maybe I'm crazy, but for Bryce Young to kind of get back on track, the best thing he could do is to rely on the receiver that's been the most consistent and the best, you know, on the Panthers this whole entire season. That's been Adam Thielen. He's the veteran, the old Wiley guy you could trust. So, I mean, I would just say the the Thielen over 74 and a half yards, I assume the Panthers are going to be losing this game. They're going to be down. They're going to have to throw the ball. And Thielen, I think, is the the path to Bryce Young getting his confidence back. So that's my thought process with this very, very ugly, probably going to be a low scoring, like yucky game. That's but I got to, you know, we got to give it out. That's that's our job. All right. I got a few. Again, this is ugly. I'm actually going to say Bryce Young tosses a pair of touchdowns. I'm going to say he throws two. Ooh, comeback game. Okay. I'm say he throws two. Okay. And here's why. Because it plays plus 170. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know why it plays plus 170? Because he's only done this in one game all year. But he did toss three versus the Lions. And mostly this is about the fact that the no team has allowed more passing touchdowns than the Bears. They've allowed 20 this year, which is more than two touchdowns per game. And... Adam Phelan's healthy, to your point. Um, also, no team has allowed more passing yards or passing touchdowns than the Chicago Bears. So also think he could toss one to Chubba Hubbard and or Miles Sanders. So I'm going to go with it because of the payout. Okay, this is all payout like it's worth the risk, okay? Not likely to happen when they pay you one plus 170, but definitely possible. So I'm going with that. I'm also looking at the over receiving yard props for both Miles Sanders and when it comes out and Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Hubbard's only 13 and a half. Now he's only done this twice this year, but the Bears have allowed an average of 62 receiving yards and 7.48 yards per target per game to running backs for the past four weeks. Hmm. For the season, They've allowed 64 yards and 8.26 yards per target. So in other words, if the Panthers are smart and they're going to try to win this game, they're going to throw the ball sometimes to their running backs on top of the fact that Bryce Young should probably be checking down. 
Uh, so, yeah, totally. There we go. So over 13 and a half, nice low number. And then finally, I'm getting real ugly here. Miles Sanders under 21 and a half rushing yards. So let me give you a stat that you're not going to believe. Do you know how many rushing yards per game the Bears are allowing to running backs? Uh, if you're going with this under prop, I'm assuming it's probably going to be pretty low. I'm um, maybe lower three, 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 uh, 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, per game, how many rushing yards? Oh, per total rushing yards per game. Bear, uh, may, uh, team total, let's go with 45. 44 across the past four games. Really? Okay. That's all they're allowing. 44 rushing yards per game across the past four games. 63 for the season. Okay. But now you've got Chubba Hubbard, who has like, what is it, like 32 carries compared to Miles Sanders' eight carries mm-hmm. past the two past two games. Uh, probably Miles Sanders is, of course, can he break off one good run? Absolutely. But I'm going to lean towards the under here just because of opportunity. I love that. Now I want to watch this game based on the the, the payout for the uh, the Bryce Young two touchdowns. <laughs> I love just- I love you zigging whatever else is. Everyone now today is like, hey, should they move on move on from Bryce Young already? And you're like, no, no, no two touchdown pass. I lo- now now I'm intrigued for Thursday. Plus one seventy. Let's go. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. All right, real quick, couple mailbag questions. Yes, let's do them. Uh, we'll start off here with a question from Nick Yurich. Uh, trade or keep Taysom Hill? If you can keep him, try to keep him because you also want to keep him away from your opponent, even if you can't start him. Okay, I hope you have a good enough tight end that you don't feel like you have to start t- Taysom Hill, but he's also a great flex piece and there's s- still teams on by. So I would try to keep him. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Taysom Hill train. Bill Wayfield has a question. Taysom Hill or Sam Laporta? I would go Sam Laporta if I'm picking for tight end because we know that Sam Laporta, first of all, he's got a great schedule rest of season. It's like six best for tight ends. He's heavily targeted. I don't see that changing. Um, I think he's having one of the best rookie tight end seasons of all time. But if you have both, you might want to try to move one. Yeah, I would. I, as a guy with uh, Sam Laporte, I, I definitely trust. I, I still love that Lions offense going forward. Uh, McBreeze is a question here. Uh, what do we do with B. John Robinson? It's a great question. You know, uh, I don't even know why the Falcons I, drafted him. I think you just have to keep starting him. It's horrible. It's painful. But how are you sitting, B. John Robinson? Um, the quote today from I don't know, let's Arthur ask Smith. Smith. <laughs> uh, his quote today was uh, Bijan on the field. Um, he does other, he, him just being on the field draws defenders to him. Right. So he doesn't need the ball. I'm like, okay. okay all right. I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I just wonder if it's hard to imagine a lot of teams where you have another running back that has more upside than Bijan Robinson. Um, but if you have the depth, obviously you, ha- you have to think about sitting him sometimes. But with bye weeks and such, I just wonder it's a thin position. All right. So those are mailbag questions. It has been a fun episode as always, Eddie. I'm glad we got to start with some good news this week. And hopefully we'll have more next week. As always, you guys can shoot us direct messages at Jen Piacenti at that Eddie Murphy. Be sure to check out our Extra Points Pod picks on Sundays. We will tweet them out and don't forget our other podcasts as well. Minus three, Lemon Pepper Parlay, Trendy. What did I miss? Uh, extra points and extra points. Uh, covering glory. That's everything. Covering glory. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole slate. Check them all out. Give us a follow. Write a nice review. We appreciate it all. And in the meantime, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.